Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. Yeah. I don't know what you think. Yeah, that sounds great because... It's just nice to have a safety net, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it's good because... Well, I don't know what I was going to say. There's going to be a lot of that because my brain isn't working. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's good because I forget. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gone. Just gone. Nope. (laughs) I'm going to record with Will as well. We're going to talk about when his murder house and the time that he was almost kidnapped and stuff like that. Amazing. Yeah. Let's get it down. Let's get it down (laughs) in history. Yeah. I saw my my niece today for the first time. Oh, she's so little. She's like the size of like one of your boobs. I know. (laughs) Her head is way smaller than my tit. Like it's mental. All I kept thinking when I looked at her head, though, was imagine that just forcing its way out of your vagina. No. (laughs) No, thank you. No. But yeah, Haley's doing well and she's like completely in love, so. Yay. Congratulations to new moms everywhere. Happy American Mother's Day, too. Oh, yeah. That was was really recently, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. One of our listeners, Sean, put on Twitter, do British people ever look at American Mother's Day and go, oh, my fucking God, I forgot it. (laughs) Like, oh, no, it's a different day. Like every fucking year. And also like Mother's Day is only so that your mum can brag and go, look what my kids got me for Mother's Day. And if like it's no one else's Mother's Day, then no one's going to care. <laughs> like they need the bragging rights on the right day. Yeah. There's no point. Definitely. What is Father's Day? It's June here. Right. Right. It's, my dad it's couldn't give a holy too. fuck like if yeah. I got him. Like my dad, he doesn't remember. Like, Yeah. <laughs> he probably gets the card, opens it and just throws it straight in the bin. <laughs> Whereas my mum's like, my mum will like put all her presents and cards out and take a picture and put it on Facebook Aww. and be like, my wonderful children. Like, <laughs> I know. She's fucking adorable. Yeah. She also sent me a card because I've started a new job and she sent me a card through the post, even though I'm here now. <laughs> she sent it to my house to say like, congratulations on your new job. Really proud of you and stuff. I'm just like, what did I do to deserve that angel in my life? <laughs> Oh, also, my other so side of the nice. family have been real dicks recently. So <laughs> that's like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it or no? I can't. I can't on air, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> yeah. So you're home alone. Whoop whoop. I'm home alone. <laughs> uh, my husband is at a bachelor party, which you guys call a stag do. Yep. This is your stag. (laughs) (laughs) I really wanted to say that all, like, because I dropped him off at, uh, they're all riding together. Basically, it's a bunch of guys and they have motorcycles, they have Harleys, but my husband and like two other guys don't. So. So they get on the back. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, unfortunately not. They were all oh, driving so in like good. one of the cars. So yeah. they were driving up. They were driving like five hours to some woods somewhere. It's like the beginning of a oh, horror God. story. Yeah. Let's never <laughs> mention whatever happens there. Let's never talk of it again. No, you know what's funny, though? I texted him this morning, and I was like, what are you doing today? And he said, we're going to this place called Convict Lake. I was like, that sounds ominous. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen? I, I hope there's strippers at that lake. This doesn't sound very bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just drinking a lot. They're riding their bikes around, and going to Convict Lake, which apparently is very beautiful and not ominous at all. Okay, well, let's see, shall we? I think most men are kind of scared a little bit of strippers. So, like, I think they really just want to, like, go into the forest and, like, light their farts and yeah. set fire to stuff and, like, throw, like, stuff at each other and just be, be 10 again. Yes. Yeah, just be fucking idiots without their wives there to go, what the fuck are you doing? Right. I totally agree with you. Free reign. I also think, I also think that w when strippers become involved, it's because there's a s one friend who is that asshole friend. Always one. Always yeah. one. Yeah. Which I, I can name him. Group like, I can yeah. think of him in my mind. I know this guy. Yeah. Yes. But I think in this group, none of those guys are like that, which is nice. Oh, good. Yeah, that is yeah. good. Yeah. But that's also coming from the wife saying this. <laughs> so I could be completely wrong, but I'm yeah. not bothered by it. I, it's just like, whatever. I don't think many strippers are going to go to fucking Convict Lake <laughs> with a bunch of guys and be like, sure. I think no. I, I think that they're going to stick to the cities and be like, if yeah. you want me, you come here. <laughs> yeah. It's the beginning of a horror film for any woman. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They're obviously just setting fire to stuff and digging <laughs> making, holes. Just yeah, guy making stuff. noises, <laughs> digging holes. Yeah, being <laughs> being unconscionably loud. I suspect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. wrestling um, bit of that. So that's me at home, just blissful that there is no noise and no farts and <laughs> no nothing. I'm enjoying it, although I can't is it you sleep and the dog? very well. It's me and the dog, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tio is protective. That's why I quite I quite like being at home with the dog, because if there's a noise, like Arlo will wake up and start like screaming like a banshee. Yeah, so, and like, that that freaks me out when my dog does that. He'll like sit up. Yeah, but and you look need, you need to do the old like, good old What are you looking at? <laughs> what do you smell? You don't want a dog that barks at when nothing's there, because that's horrible. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, you, do that. So then you need like to do the old Georgie trick of having a knife in your bedside table. <laughs> oh, you want to know my trick? I what? think this is actually pretty smart. Go so on. I sleep with my keys because my car is right outside the door. And <gasps> That's I thought very clever. If, if anyone ever broke in, I would set my car alarm off mm. and just like run outside and make as much noise as possible. Or like if I couldn't get outside, yeah. my car alarm would be going off and would scare someone away. That's really clever. I didn't think of that. I don't, Yeah. I, how do you I'm, make your I'm car alarm go off from the keys? Is there a button? Cause on mine <laughs> yeah, there isn't. There's a button, yeah. Oh, well that is a good safety device. 
which yeah, we found I didn't the have other that. day, Will accidentally sat on his keys and the car alarm started oh. going off. I was like, <laughs> what? how did that happen? So it works. Yeah, I'm, that is good. Yeah, I'm going to, um, although I think I'm going to, thing is like, I don't want to get complacent, but our area is really safe. I leave my shoes outside all the time and like they never get stolen. And I see that as oh. a mark of a good neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> don't you? That's really good. I, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter what, kind of neighborhood or home or apartment I'm in, I will never be able to relax, relax at <laughs> night. <laughs> I'll never be able to relax. No matter I'll never what. relax. That's just, <laughs> yeah, that's just my life. That's just Tense. me. No, at night specifically, it's just reading true crime. Yeah. Just being an anxious person. I'm just, <laughs> uh, I just, like I said last week, like you're you're just relaxing, listening to a podcast, and all of a sudden a 3,000-pound anchor falls on your home. <laughs> that is what I'm thinking of all There's the like time. There's like nothing you're not scared of. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was trying to explain to my friends, like, when I walk outside, I just imagine all the different ways you can die. Like, <laughs> Vigilant. <laughs> yes, I don't yeah. like being oh, I this was... way, but I am. That, that's just who well, I am. You're probably the least likely to die out of everyone, <laughs> I would say. I uh, was in London because basically this is like quite a long story, but I went to Margate to visit mm. my pal Ruth and it was lovely. Oh yeah, how was that? Oh, it was so good, yeah. But everybody goes up to the harbour to watch the sunset and like yeah. these kids were playing music on their phones and it wasn't annoying. Like I must have been in a really great mood. <laughs> It's great. Yeah. And then uh, basically the night before I stayed in a hotel with Matt in London mm. and he snored all night and I didn't sleep. Oh, no. Then I stayed in a bed with Sarah, my friend, and she was literally like, she went, oh shit, I haven't got any headphones because she really likes to listen to ASMR as well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you can borrow, I was like, you can borrow my headphones. And I was like, they're over ear ones though. She was like, yeah, not a problem. Like she literally just fell asleep within two seconds and then just started what? snoring immediately. <laughs> I was like, why did I lend you those? <laughs> I was like, totally made a rod for my own back. And then, so I was like boiling awake I had to go top and tail with her so her snoring oh, no. face wasn't right next to mine. <laughs> that is a trick I did with Matt as well the previous night. Like if you if someone's snoring and you go top and tail, you can hear them a little bit less. So like <laughs> really? I did that a tiny bit less. Like it's just not it's not like directly in your face snoring, which is like the most annoying yeah. type. Yeah, like, that's It's like true. someone whispering in your ear like constantly <laughs> when you're trying to go to sleep. <laughs> And I had like earplugs shoved in my ears so hard that like when I, I like nearly couldn't get one out in the morning, I was like, oh God, oh, I've no. gone too far. <laughs> Again, probably one of your nightmares that you've like dreamed up. <laughs> oh, definitely. I'm sure. Can't get an no, earplug I, out. Gonna I'm die. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't use ear earplugs. Too dangerous. <laughs> yeah, too dangerous. I'm so jealous of people who can fall asleep in just two seconds. I never Oh, been able people to that do fall that. asleep on a plane, fuck yeah. you. Like, yeah. yeah. People that fall asleep in a car, like immediately, I hate you. <laughs> no. Like, can't do any no. of that. No. Everything has to be perfect. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like a panda, like trying to fuck another panda. Everything has to be absolutely <laughs> perfect. Otherwise it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm so jealous of anyone who could just lay their head down anywhere on a rock. 
and just snooze. It's fucking yeah. I'm just it's like the the thing I'm probably most jealous of. Like my my brother as well does it. Like, but although I was thankful for this, I don't know if I told you this before, but we went to Star Wars Secret Cinema and I got completely the wrong place and we had to go across town in a taxi and it was going to be the most awkward taxi ride because it was completely my fault. We were late. Oh no! I didn't know where it was, so like we were in the taxi and he just passed out and I was like, "Thank you, Lord." (laughs) It's awesome. I know. What a great skill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of snoring, Will literally just texted me and said he couldn't sleep last night because like three of the guys were snoring. So Well, yeah. And they're all drunk as fuck as well, which doesn't exactly. help. Exactly. Yeah. I snore when I'm drunk. I, I think I, oh, no, Rachel, I grind you're just, my teeth. You're like a perfect I'm not. little fairy woman. <laughs> I'm not, I feel so bad sometimes because I just toss and turn all night. And then if I drink, I have to wear a mouth guard now because I grind my teeth and the (laughs) dentist told me that I have to wear a mouth guard. Otherwise, I'm going to grind my teeth down. So I used to have one of those and then I just ground right through it. And I was like, oh, fuck. Really? (laughs) I just never got a new one. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, if you do grind through yours, do get a new one. Yeah, I got like a full set Um, of like... Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Anyways, moving on from the <laughs> sleep. So, have you got any true crime news? I don't. I I'm a little late to the party, but I've been listening. I've been binging this podcast called Guru, which I f- I don't. <gasps> I feel like you really might good. have mentioned it. You might yeah. have talked about it before, but I I think I've been. You're so late that, that it's yeah. now a Netflix show. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they bought it out years ago and, and then they turned it into a Netflix show. So you okay. yeah, you can watch that as well Man, as a follow-up. Why am I so late to this? I think I've just been oh, going mate. through Wondry's list of all their amazing shows. So I'm catching um, yeah, up I mean, on when Wondry. You, when you go to like the chat like the podcast network channel page, that's a that's a new way I found to find sneaky new podcasts that I like. I mm. I'll like look if it's on a network and then I'll look at what else that network does. Yeah. Um it's been pretty helpful, but yeah. Uh Guru's really good. It's just another tale of a man that's in power that takes the fucking piss, taking advantage of people who are like at a crossroads in their life and need yeah. help and then just get sucked into this thing that costs them like three grand a pop. So yeah, I would recommend that. And how about you? Any true crime news? Oh yeah. So actually there is true crime news in England. So you know Fred and Rose West? Yeah. They had so many victims, but there's a girl who went missing. I think she's called Mary or Marie. Like, I can't remember her name. Mm. Um, but she basically... I, you don't, I don't know the full story, but, like, somebody was making a documentary. And during the making of that documentary, they discovered, like, pretty strong evidence that somebody might be buried underneath the cafe that, like, Fred and Rose used to hang out at and Rose worked Whoa. at. They are excavating at the moment. So it's, like, TBC, whether they're going to find some remains or not, which is... Wow. And the horrible, but also anything? great. No, they're being really secretive. Mm. They don't spend money on excavating stuff unless they are very fucking sure. Mm. Like our police are quite stingy. But yeah, I'll keep you updated on that one. And yeah. then I've been what I've been watching um the Son of Sam, Sons of Sam documentary. Oh yeah. On Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um it's about 
a guy called Maury, um, I can't remember his second name, but he basically um, believes that the son of Sam Killer wasn't just David Berkowitz. He believes really? it was a couple of people, yeah, that were all involved in uh, like occult and witchcraft and stuff. And oh. I thought it was going to be kind of a bit sensationalist and like silly yeah. like you know they're like yeah like devil worship and satanic panic like i'm really fucking over that like whenever yeah. anyone whenever that gets mentioned i'm always like this is bullshit so right. yeah and i thought oh this is going to be like the devil walks among us and stuff and i was like <laughs> this is fucking stupid but no he makes some really good points and they're backed up with pretty good proof and also i won't give it away but like something happens that debunks one of his theories and he's like mm. oh shit and he okay. openly is like, I was wrong. It's fair enough. I don't think he's deluded, like, at all. Yeah. He makes some really good points. The New York police are like, no, bullshit. We caught him. It's all good. So, mm. yeah, it's really good. It's it's really well made. That sounds really good. I will definitely watch it. It just reminds me of, like, just the 70s, especially in that area. There were so many. Actually, just in America, I was... I, yeah, what happened? Episode, I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? I think the Vietnam War spun a lot of people out. Yeah, just all the all the wars. generation. <laughs> yeah, World War well, yeah, very much war related. Parents coming back and a lot of the off offspring of World War Two vets, veterans, and then yeah, yeah. Um, the Vietnam War. You're totally right. But it's. I was going to do the Texas Killing Field today for our episode, but I wow. decided not to because it's just it's That's a lot. intense, man. Yeah, it's a lot. That is a lot, yeah. And, but over 30 women were have just been found <gasps> in that area. But like the majority of them person. were either sex work or indigenous women, weren't they? Yeah. So they're like, or Mexican. Right. Or, so they're like, fuck it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that that too, but they don't know if it's one person or a serial killer or a bunch that of different is people. Petrifying. Yeah, it is. Like we'll just um I'm not sure, so I guess he's just out and about. <laughs> yeah. Could be anybody. Fuck it out. I don't but, I don't wanna live in that world. <laughs> no. That's what reminds me of the son of Sam because he was around when other serial killers were around and there were all these missing and murdered, like you said, indigenous women and sex workers. And it's just like, there's probably a couple serial killers out there from the 70s that we have no clue of. We just do not know because yep, they, they just, just had their the fun MO and died. Other, <laughs> uh, they just yeah. had their fun, but they fit into the MO of other... Uh, Ted Bundy's and Sons of Sam's and Torso Killers and oh, we'll just never know. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we might as well say it. Our theme. I've forgotten the word. Our theme this week. <laughs> <laughs> I am a professional podcaster. Our yes. theme this week is uh, the case went cold. Yep. Which I hate. I don't. I know don't why like you not knowing this. who did it. Because <laughs> uh, it's just really good. It's just they're, they're always great. Like yeah, they're always so is. interesting, and I, and also I think um, by talking about them, the one I'm doing anyway, you could potentially jog someone's memory or 
you know not like we're those great investigative podcasts that actually do like hunt people down but yeah you know you never know like every single bit every single piece of media that covers something like this is bringing it to the forefront of people's memories again i think that's kind of nice and could be helpful in some way i don't know could be you never know i totally agree it is really interesting to speculate what happened yeah with our minimal skills (laughs) it's also with our very stupid coverage of (laughs) these cold cases we could ignite something somewhere you don't know yeah (laughs) yeah god quickly also i've just seen that the friends uh reunion's coming out and have you seen the list of cameos on it no i haven't oh my god it's like kit harrington justin bieber lady gaga what Reese Witherspoon, which I get because she played Rachel's sister, but like all the rest of them, I'm like, how are you going to shoe bar those in? Like, I don't know. I just immediately <laughs> think of the episode where Phoebe is trying to, what is it? She's trying to meet Sting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's trying yeah. to meet Sting. Is it just going to be that over and over? Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, uh, just maybe. Phoebe I trying don't to understand meet how. <laughs> it's like when Ed Sheeran appeared in um, Game of Thrones and I was fucking furious. Oh, I hated that. That was so lame. I was like, how much money did he pay? Who was he blowing to get on set? <laughs> like, what a fucking travesty. Like, totally ruined it. It really did. His face like- is so annoying. Like, <laughs> I don't need him. <laughs> It was so pointless. The whole scene, that whole thing was pointless. And he was singing. Oh, and it was just really fucking hammy. It was so shit, man. We'll hope (laughs) friends won't do something like that. It'll be tasteful and thoughtful. Oh, please. And not hokey at all. Yeah. Like, I don't know about the... uh, What did you think of the Sex and the City films? Did you like Sex and the City? Uh, Yeah, I don't mind them. Um, well, I thought there was some gold comedic lines in Sex and the City. Definitely. Like, it d- definitely had its moments. And like, they're bringing it back too. Uh, yeah, but without Kim Cattrall. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know if that's going to be They're going to say she died? Like, <laughs> she's one of the best characters. I just love it right now where all these different comedians, like female comedians are like, I'll take her place. And it's just, Oh, really? Yeah, it's... <laughs> hilarious oh i've not seen any of that (laughs) but the no the last movie that came out was complete shit (laughs) it was terrible rachel's review (laughs) two words complete shit (laughs) and i've seen it twice i've seen it more times than i care to admit yeah exactly yeah. why Aiden was in it though and that was good anyway we're getting very sex and city heavy yeah, um, yeah tune in for on. our other side uh, our uh, <laughs> our side project talking about sex in the city it's just you going complete shit boop shit. <laughs> <laughs> the end let's get into our stories okay so this is kind of like a hometown this case it's, it's really close to where I live so it's uh it's the case of Melanie Hall. Okay. Have you heard of it? I don't know. I okay. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, comma, know, or I don't know. <laughs> right, okay. <Both>. So, <laughs> a little bit of both. So, yeah. Melanie Hall was born on the 20th of August, 1970 to Pat and Stephen Hall. So, like, Patricia. 
mm-hmm. um, and Stephen Hall. She was described as a bright and vibrant young woman. She graduated from the University of Bath with a degree in psychology in 1995, and she went on to be a clerical officer at Bath's Royal United Hospital. So Bath is basically next door to Bristol. Mm-hmm. She lived with her parents in the picturesque village Bradford Lee near Bradford-on-Avon, which is located between Bristol and Bath. Basically, I was dating a guy from Bradford-on-Avon and it's a stunning village. It's like so old. It looks like you've just stepped into like the 1600s and everything. Yeah, everything is made of this white stone and it's the only building material they're allowed to use in in Bath. and Really? Yeah, to keep it because all the buildings in Bath are made of white stone. So, uh, yeah, her parents lived near Bradford-on-Avon, which is a lovely part of the world. She had a boyfriend who was a surgeon called Dr. Philip Karlbaum, and he was originally from Germany. So they met at work on the orthopaedic ward, and they had been dating for about three weeks. On Friday the 7th of June 1996, Melanie and her boyfriend had been to a colleague's party, and the following day they slept until 11am. After breakfast, they went into Bristol where I live, to do some shopping. And then Melanie bought a blue dress and then she went home and she was dropped back later to Philip's house by her mum because she's only like 25 at this point. How old is he? Um, It doesn't say anywhere that I could find. I'm assuming he's fucking older than 25 if he's a surgeon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'd hope so anyway. Yeah. So that Saturday night, the couple attended a barbecue, which had around 60 people at it. Then they went with another couple that they knew to a nightclub called Cadillacs, which uh, was in Walcott Street in Bath. It's no longer there. So people in the club said that they witnessed Melanie and Philip arguing. He was allegedly upset because he saw her dancing with another man and he left the club on his own in a, in air quotes, jealous rage. That's like what all of the papers reported it as basically. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's kind of... You're pissed up. Like, I think they were pissed up and they had a drunken fight. I don't think it yeah. was jealous rage. Like, right. <laughs> Melanie's friends left at around 1am and they thought that Philip was still in the club somewhere. They didn't think they were leaving her. They thought she was, they thought he was just there somewhere. Witnesses say that they saw Melanie sitting on a bar stool at around 1.10am and the last believed sighting of her was inside the club at about 1.45am. No one saw her on the Sunday, on the 9th, and when she didn't mm. show up for work on on Monday, her parents were contacted and they reported her missing. What about the guy? What, the guy that Sorry. she was dancing with? Guy she was dating. He didn't report he, her no, missing he or anything like that. He thought they were, I think, because they'd only been dating for three weeks and he oh, pissed okay. off. I think she was like really mad at him. So he yeah. was just like, oh, she's ignoring me. Yeah. Um, On Monday, June the 17th, so this is like a long time later. Like mm-hmm. so this was this was the seventh that she went out. So between the seventh and eighth, and it's now the seventeenth. So it's like Ten nine days, days later. later. Yeah. Nothing yeah, they can't find her, nothing's happened. So on yeah, on Monday, June the seventeenth, police started searching the River Avon in Bath, which is a huge river. Like huge, yeah. really fast flowing river. It goes right through the middle of the city and it's yeah, like it's just gigantic. Her boyfriend Philip told the press on that day that he was devastated at her disappearance. Avon and Somerset police interviewed thousands of people who were out in Bath that night and they also interviewed local taxi drivers. Mm-hmm. The man that Melanie was dancing with in the club later came forward and was eliminated from the inquiries. So okay. it wasn't him. Good. Um, yeah, that is good. 
it would that would have been too easy, right? <laughs> so yeah. um in <laughs> Case November of closed. Yeah, it was that guy. No, it wasn't. Uh, in November of 1996, a £10,000 reward was offered for information. And there was a reconstruction of Melanie's last movements on the BBC show, Crime Watch. Yay! <laughs> Classic. Another show, Crime Stoppers, also made an appeal to the public for information. And Melanie's sister, Dominique, asked people to come forward with any information, but none of this generated any credible leads. In August of 1999, this is like three years later. Yeah. Yeah, so this is just, they have nothing. Police divers searched the River Avon again in a specific spot with no results. This made the public think that they may have had a tip to search that part of the river. In March 2003, so this is four years after that, two men in their 30s from the Bath area were arrested over Melanie's death, but they were later bailed. For two weeks after this, the police focused their search in the village of Inglesbatch, which is a tiny hamlet 15 minutes from Bath following a tip-off, and they searched barns and outbuildings. Mm. But again, nothing came of it. But if you think about it, this is 2003, and it happened in 1996, so that's seven years later. What are you going to find? I mean... You're not going to find evidence. You're going to find... If anything, you might find her body. Mm Mm-hmm. So they don't find anything. Nothing. The next, yeah. The next month, police made a public appeal for a woman named Shelley to come forward, who they believed had witnessed something significant and was drinking in a bath pub the night Melanie vanished. Okay. Shelley didn't come forward. Shelley. Nothing. But I think they said they believed her name to be Shelley. So maybe her name is Kelly. This is all so finger in the air, the evidence that they have. Just shooting Um, in the dark. They're trying anything, I think. Um, Later that year, in August, the two men arrested in March had to be released without charge due to lack of evidence. Okay. They're gone. After eight years and no real movement on the case, on the 17th of November 2004, Melanie was officially declared legally deceased. The coroner said there was no explanation for her disappearance, but due to the lack of proof of life, such as sightings or activities on her passport or bank accounts, they believe it's very likely Melanie was killed soon after she went missing. Mm. So that's, that's sad. Five more years passed with no more breaks. And then... On the 5th of October, 2009, a motorway worker was, so like highway worker, was mm-hmm. clearing a vegetation patch on the side of the M5 motorway near Junction 14. So I take the M5 motorway from Andover, where I, my parents live, to my house. And yeah. I always get off at Junction 19. So this is Junction so 14. How far is Junction 14 from Bristol Bath. and Bath? And yeah. Uh I think you get off at like junction 15 for Bath. So it's like just a bit south of Bath. Okay. And they found a plastic bag containing bones. Oh. So in the bag were a skull, pelvis and a thigh bone. A total of five bin liners contained or covered the remains and other parts of a skeleton were found partially buried in a field nearby. Wow. Police confirmed that, yeah. So police confirmed the remains were human but they wouldn't confirm their identity. Melanie's parents were shown pictures of a gold patterned ring found on the middle finger of her left hand, which they identified as her great grandmother's wedding ring. Oh, So it's definitely Melly, uh, definitely Melanie. Mm-hmm. Um, the remains were formally identified as being Melanie's through dental records on the 7th of October. She had severe blunt trauma to her head, resulting in a fractured skull, cheekbone and jaw. And she had also been tied up with a blue rope. 
Okay, so that is so like a savage death. Wasn't an accident. Oh, I wouldn't have thought so. Like no. maybe the maybe the fractured skull, cheekbone, and jaw. You could say like I don't know. Maybe she accidentally got run over or something. Yeah, but the rope. There's like that's fucking ominous. Yeah, yeah. Um. So on the 9th of October. A 37-year-old man handed himself in at the police station in Manchester saying that he was responsible for killing Melanie. But after undergoing a mental health assessment, he was eliminated as a suspect. Okay. So he's just crazy. That's fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. On the 29th of October, police announced that they had found three keys near the body and that they possibly belonged to a Ford Transit, a Ford Fiesta or a Ford Escort. And that okay. they were working with Ford to try and identify the vehicle. Crime Watch also launched a fresh appeal for information, upping the reward to twenty thousand pounds, which resulted in more than two hundred phone calls from the public. Again, led to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, police then revealed that they had obtained a partial DNA profile from the rope wrapped around the bag containing Melanie's remains, and said they remained confident that her killer would be caught. Her parents then upped the reward for any information leading to an arrest and conviction to £50,000. In July 2010, a 38-year-old man from Bath was arrested on suspicion of Melanie's murder, but he was released on bail. In August 2010, a 39-year-old man from Wiltshire was arrested after handing himself in at a police station. He was also released on bail. Mm -hmm. Three years later, in October 2000... It's ridiculous. In October 2013, police said that they had found a white Volkswagen Golf that they believed to have been connected with the case, along with some information about the blue rope they found on Melanie's body. Okay. On the 25th of November 2013, a 44-year-old man was arrested in Bath. He was released on bail until the 19th of December and a property in Bath was searched. How many people have been arrested so far? Oh, I'll let you know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It goes on. On the 20th, they are just arrest. I feel like they're arresting people willy nilly. Yeah. <laughs> However, a year later, it turned out there was insufficient evidence to charge him. On the 23rd of June 2016, a 45-year-old man was arrested after the police managed to retrieve DNA from the site where Melanie's remains were discovered. But he was released on bail a few days later. So I'm assuming they could explain that. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, it's okay. It's just because of this." Or well, also whatever. it's a it's a motorway. Like how much. DNA is floating around from like trash and yeah, you know a- anything, and that's a field. So right. Also, who like who like throws their keys in a field? This, they found true. three keys for car. Like no one all has three keys of, for a car. All I can think of is like those keys are unrelated, and they were just yeah. there before from over time. You'd be pretty and stupid to leave a key to your car. Next to how do you get away again? Yeah, I kind of think. Yeah, it's a really good point. Actually, I probably think they were unrelated because unless you owned a scrapyard, I mean, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Also, I believe I kind of think they've um, arrested so many people because you can take DNA from someone when you've arrested them. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be charged with anything. Okay, you can just take DNA. So I think they're probably doing it for the DNA. To right. be able to um, test it against what they have, right? Process uh, and eliminating, yeah, eliminating people that way, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty clever, I guess. Yep. So police uh, 
And then recently, police appealed to the public asking if they have any information, including if they know where any of Melanie's belongings are from the night as they have never been found. So she was naked, like there's no clothing found with her body. Mm. So they include a pale blue silk dress with a round neck, black suede mule shoes with straps across the front in an open toe, size five or six, a cream single breasted long sleeve jacket and a black satchel type handbag. In Melanie's handbag were cosmetics and a Midland checkbook and bank card. Also Mm. missing are items of jewelry, including a next watch with expanding bracelet and silver drop earrings. They went on to add, in addition, we'd like information about an unconfirmed sighting of a woman potentially matching Melanie's description who was engaged in an argument with a man in Old Orchard around the corner from the nightclub entrance between 1.45 and 2am. We don't know whether this was Melanie. So if anyone has any further details which could help on this appeal, uh, please call us. A funny thing that happened on the night of her disappearance was... um, there's a serial there was a serial sex attacker in Bath and he was nicknamed the Batman rapist after he left what? the Batman baseball yeah well there is the, there's an okay reason i suppose okay. <laughs> he left <laughs> he left a Batman baseball cap at the scene of one of his attacks and on the night Melanie disappeared, this attacker attempted to carjack a woman at Knife Point in the same area of Bath. She fought back and escaped and this was just hours before Melanie went missing. Okay. So that's, I think that's a pretty good lead. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good lead. There's a fucking maniac loose, like, in Bath, near the club where she went missing from. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably pretty safe bet. Um, And they've never found that man either. That's comforting. Um, So as of October 2019, 11 arrests have been made in connection with the investigation, but no one has ever been charged. Wow. And that is the story of Melanie Hall. That's insane and infuriating and... They have so much in a way. Do you know what I mean? They, they do have the rope. they don't. They have... Yeah, I guess. They have DNA. They have her bones, which at least they have that. At least... They, they have a mode didn't. of death. Yes. Like, they have a manner of death because she had really bad head trauma. Yeah. And I don't know <sighs> if they could tell if that killed her or like even if she was killed in a different way after that that would hopefully knock her out yeah so she wouldn't have to having a rope as well adds to some mo to someone like there's someone out there who's done that before i'm sure or has done it since yeah definitely but yeah there's loads of there's a guy called christopher halliwell who's also a um serial killer who buried women in fields like around Mm. that time and um same area i think same area and he was he murdered someone in 2006 and that's what he got caught for but before that there's so many people that are on the list of people he potentially Mm. killed but apparently he's been ruled out so he must have been well, yeah, busy or if they have dna and his dna doesn't match mm. then that's very true yeah yeah like there's a few cases in england that i feel like they're never going to get solved and that's claudia lawrence that i mm. uh i did an episode on her and apparently yeah. she was it's highly suspected that she was killed by christopher halliwell mm-hmm. um and 
uh, Susie Lamplew, which is a right. she's an estate agent that went missing, and Christopher Hallowell got caught. But they, yeah, they they think he might have had something to do with Claudia Lawrence. And there's not that many like it's not like in America where it's like an open expanse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, in England, people live in you know the north or the south, or yeah. and it's like they can't go that far. <laughs> so right. Uh, there's not many like unidentified serial killers like roaming about. It's like they, we have a handful of cases and we have a handful of serial killers that they probably could be attributed to. My only hope is that there's some technology or some science that is being that hasn't been invented yet or is being worked on right now. Like, what is it? Like ten years ago, we didn't have DNA matching. We didn't have ancestry like that whole like genealogy genealogy yeah. yeah uh so i really hope that something gets invented that can help us like go back in time and see just what nail happened. these fuckers yeah yeah i mean i just think if she was like tied up and abducted and smacked around the head what sort of fucking monster yeah she must have been so scared and she was just like a lovely young woman right and that happened to her and it's just like you're just fucking walking around the streets knowing that you did that and i don't know it's just totally fucked like yeah you have this horrible secret i wonder her her the guy she was dating the surgeon probably feels so guilty for just leaving her yeah there's a bit where um he like broke his silence um so after her bones were discovered he said to the papers like i'm you know my thought because he must be with someone else now but he mm. basically said like my thoughts with her family like it's absolutely horrible and stuff so yeah i think you know i think he was forced to say something but he probably is with someone new and doesn't want to always think about that and sure this kind of thing but um yeah i mean what what a baby like storming off yeah <laughs> i mean yeah he must feel like shit though he must feel like absolute shit because it yeah. basically is his fault in a way. But then also it's like you're, you're dating someone for three weeks. Think back to anyone you've known for three weeks and you yeah. have this first argument and you're just like, nah, that's it. Like, I barely know this person. I'm out. Like, yeah. I get it. I mean, it. I've walked away. Like, I've walked yeah. away from situations and, you know, if the person was fucking attacked and killed after that, I would feel really bad. Even right. though, like, <laughs> exactly. they very... In your head, that's the last thing you think is going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) You think they're going to get off with someone else and break your heart. Like, you don't think they're going to be fucking abducted and killed. And then for the rest of your life, your name is connected with this person. Yeah, exactly. But he's a surgeon, so he's probably rich as fuck and absolutely fine. (laughs) (laughs) He can afford the therapy. He really can. Um, All right. Well, that was was a great story. Very infuriating. So Um, infuriating. I hate this subject. (laughs) I hate it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this week I'm going to talk about the Velisca axe murders. Oh, I think, okay, I think I've heard of this. I didn't realize they were unsolved. That's horrifying. <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, it's it's not that scary because it happened over 100 years ago. So. Oh, well, that's fine. That murderer yeah. is long dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One thing that I kept reading about, which we'll talk about a little bit, but uh, in 1912, everyone had their own axe. 
like everyone did. It was just their own acts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like around America because people lived in farms and they needed an axe, so everyone For a had second. an axe. <laughs> For a second I thought you said everyone had a fax. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that is really futuristic. <laughs> wow, Even though faxes America. are like <laughs> faxes are the oldest thing in the world and the most modern thing for those people. <laughs> yeah. You're like everyone had a fax. I was like, did they? <laughs> Have you ever had to fax anyone? Yes. And what the fuck is that about? <laughs> oh my god. What is the point? <laughs> Last time I had to do it was like four years ago. My That's work too would... recent ago. I know, I know, I know. It was so ridiculous. It, my work Dude. would, every once in a while, they would order food from this Indian restaurant and we would have to fax it in. <laughs> <laughs> that is one good reason to keep a fax machine. <laughs> you can only get this Indian by fax. Right, yeah. eBay fax machine. <laughs> I was literally like, how do I use this? What? How oh, do I, I know they got it? Dude, you don't. It's so stressful. <laughs> do you know what though? Fax machines, like knowing how to use a fax machine is complete lost knowledge. It like, is. <laughs> it's pointless. There is no guide. <laughs> I remember, um, do you know what? I'm ragging on fax machines. The one thing they're good for is documents. So yeah. if you need to send someone a document to sign and send back to you, yes, that's what they're good for because it's like yeah. a photocopier and it for kids who don't know what a fucking fax machine is. <laughs> <laughs> right, a fax machine. Who's never even touched like, one? You don't even know what we're talking about right now, probably. Yeah. But it's how do you spell it? F A X. F A X, and it was the height of sophistication. So yeah. you basically have a phone with like a scanner attached to it. I say scanner, that sounds fancy. It's not, it's just a slot that you're putting the paper in. And you put in the piece of paper that you want them to receive at the other end. They've also got a fax machine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you put in the paper and then you dial the number of their fax machine and then you press go and then it like scans your piece of paper and then it basically shits out the same bit of paper at the end. It's like an analog text message. Kind of. It's like an analog. It's like a photocopier, but over a phone. You're sending the photocopy to someone else. Yeah, basically, aren't you? Yeah, but it's not. And can I just stress? It's not the same bit of paper that's like rolled up and gone down a phone line and appeared at their <laughs> end. They have a completely separate piece of paper that the factory just prints what it's saw on. <laughs> yeah, just in case you're confused. So that's our history lesson for today. Factors have. How did we even get on this subject? Oh, because I thought axe. you said everyone had a fax yeah. when you said everyone has an axe. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna try and make some sort of like a fax machine related meme, like for the <laughs> social media. I'm doing it. Yes. Everybody, like, I'm gonna do like an old barn with like their fax machine in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot believe it. you used a fax machine four years ago. That is mental. I know. I know. I wonder if they still have it. I don't care. Anyways, let's get into this story. <laughs> That Indian restaurant cares. Yeah. <laughs> so bread and butter. <laughs> no, the I don't even know how often they used it. We only used it because our our orders were so large that calling it in <laughs> was just 
when I would call it in. You're the favorite hour. <laughs> it, it literally, and it was this really old man that would answer the phone. And to I be was fair to like, him, I think he's got a pretty good system because if you turn around and go, "This order's wrong," he'll be like, "It's not. I have it here in your own handwriting." Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like that what was, you wanted. <laughs> that's my anxiety. I'm like, yes, I will gladly use a fax for this reason. Yeah, I actually think that's a pretty good system. I kind of yeah. think I should use that a lot more. <laughs> I mean, we have email, but yeah. Anyways. <laughs> right. Point is. <laughs> the point is, faxes are great, and it's really sad that no one uses them anymore. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> We've just lost all of our Gen Z listeners. They're uh, just like, what, what are you talking about? What is this drivel? <laughs> what is this absolute tripe? <laughs> um thanks right, okay. for listening this far to all of our millennial listeners who are yeah right you're right there with us <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh okay so the Velisca axe murders on june 9th 1912 the moore family hosiah moore sarah 11 year old herman 10 year old Catherine, herman. and seven year old boyd and five year old paul so there's one two three four five you six. should be used to this <laughs> <laughs> so six family members cute little family they had spent a lovely day at a church event at their local presbyterian church in the small town of Villisca, v-i-l-l-i-s-c-a so i hope i'm pronouncing it right Villisca, Iowa. sounds right yeah sarah moore the mother had set up a children's day for all the children of the church where they performed yeah. little speeches and recited poems together for the adults Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Um, after the event, the Moore's daughter, Catherine, she was 10, she invited her two friends, 12-year-old Lena Stillinger and her 8-year-old sister, Ina, for a sleepover. They were supposed to go and hang out with their grandma, but instead they a sleepover is more exciting, so they went to the Moore's house yeah, instead. Definitely. Um, the family headed back to the Moore home at around 10 p.m. that night. By 7 a.m. the next morning, the Moore's next-door neighbor, Mary Peckham, noticed that the family had not come outside for their regular morning chores. This is also a very small town, like rural, so she's used to... She got up at 5 a.m. to do her laundry and hang them up, and she noticed over the course of those two hours that none of the family had come outside, which was unusual. Yeah. So she went to investigate. First, she knocked on the door, and then... She attempted to open it when no one answered, but she discovered that it was locked. So she called Hosiah Moore's, Hosiah's brother, Ross. Also, like a good neighbor, Mary let out the Moore's chickens. Oh, She just did that God little bless chore you, for Mary. them. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> when Ross arrived, he also tried knocking on the doors. And when no one answered, he got his spare key and he unlocked it. He had only entered the home for a few seconds before he rushed out telling Mary to call the local officer, Hank Horton, who quickly arrived. Investigating the home, he found that all six members of the Moore family and the two Stillinger sisters had been bludgeoned to death in their beds. Oh, the, God. The murder weapon, an axe, lay partially cleaned against the wall next to the Stillinger sisters in the guest bedroom. Oh, I don't like that. 
Police officers and a local doctor were called to investigate. Dr. F.S. Williams, the first medical officer on the scene, determined that the attacks took place between midnight and 5 a.m. Um, it's a little bit gruesome, so if you want to fast forward, then this next little bit. So, all the victims were found in their beds. Their heads were covered with bedclothes, and all their skulls had been beaten 20 to 30 times with the blunt end of the axe that appeared to be Hosiah Moore's axe. Also, Hosiah, the the dad, he was the only one who, he had a little bit more of a brutal attack where they used the sharp end of the axe for him and then the blunt end for everyone else. Um, It also appeared that all of them had been asleep when they were attacked, except for Lena Stillinger, the 12-year-old friend, who had defensive wounds on her arm and blood on her knees. So they think that she woke up. Like, I don't know how far apart they were, but you've got to be a fucking good shot with the end of an axe to hit someone in the head first time so hard that they don't wake up, they just die immediately. Yeah. Like, you've got to be precise. Otherwise, if you miss or fuck it up, the whole house is awake and the plans are ruined. Yeah. And... Uh, they say that Sarah and Hosiah, obviously, uh, husband and wife, were sleeping right next to each other, and How the other one didn't wake up. Husband's head in without, yeah, like what the fuck? Yeah, but you said they did it twenty to thirty times for each person. Well, so this is the theory. They think that first this killer or killers killed everyone and then went back and yeah. started beating their heads. They must have, because mm-hmm. if you think about it, like, logically, you'd have to, if you're going to do them in, like, order or whatever, like I said, yeah. you'd have to do one shot to hopefully, like, knock them out or kill them so they don't make any noise. Yeah. I feel like sometimes in these stories, I think from the point of the murderer a bit too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you do, but that is, I don't, but it's... It's important to have someone who does that because... <laughs> it's important no, I, to have a fucking ghoul around. <laughs> I <laughs> I think Paul Holes is like that. He, Whenever he talks, yeah, he, he always is. talks from the point of view of the killer and what they were thinking or what they might have been doing or feeling. Yeah. And that's really important. Oh, my important. God. He talks about the Black Dahlia murder mm. and that. Oh my god. Like Carly was yeah. like, I really want to know more about the Black Dahlia murder. And I've obviously listened to like quite a lot of stuff about it. And yeah. I was like, Do you know who's really good? Paul Holes and Billy Jensen. So I was like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna listen to that episode and we were listening to it and shit me. Her death was all was obviously awful and he talks yeah. about it in such minute detail. Like truly. What what was found where, what was cut, like oh, ugh, it's so bad. Like, it really is, but it's so interesting. So graphic. I just realized, I think if, you know that question of like, who would you have dinner with if you could have dinner with anyone? Mm. I would pick Paul Holes. That would be oh. so interesting. I would have so I, many questions. Again, though, I think I'd just turn into a fucking dork and I wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> and I'd just waste the time completely. And I'd be like, so you've got trousers on. Like, it just <laughs> I'd say something fucking stupid and ruin it. <laughs> Yeah, probably the same. Oh, God. I'd be, t- I'd but- had, I would have so much anxiety and then I'd become a mute. <laughs> I'd probably just go, pull holes, pull holes, pull holes, pull holes. <laughs> and you'd be like, sorry? <laughs> Where was I? So 
Yeah, that was the gruesome part. So the killer or killers had left the victims and some of the things around the house in a strange state. All of the victims had clothes covering their faces. Some of the female victims had had their dresses pulled up, but it did not appear to have, they did not appear to have been sexually abused. That the killer strange. had searched the dresser drawers for clothes to put over most of the mirrors in the home. Also, mm. the, the cloth that was covering the victims, obviously it was covered after they were murdered. Yeah, and that doesn't that point to like it being somebody that they knew or because they they don't want to look at their faces, basically? Yeah, I think so. Or just somebody who's just insane and thinks that their faces are going to... Dead gonna... people are looking at you. Yeah. yeah. Uh... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably safe to say they are fucking insane. If they're going <laughs> to smash a whole house, there's people's heads in. Yes, <laughs> a whole family. Yeah. Yeah, they also put cloth over most of the mirrors in the home. Uh, in the kitchen, there was a bowl of bloody water where the killer had possibly tried to wash his hands. And next to that was an uneaten plate of food. I, I could not find whether they ever deciphered whether it was the killer that was put together a plate of food or if it was leftover mm. food from the family. But it seems yeah. most likely that it would be the killers because why would the family... One, yeah, only one plate. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, like, why would the family make... Why would anyone in the family make a plate of food and then just go to bed? That doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, a lot of the... Uh, articles that I read just made it seem like the killer was just kind of wandering around for a while, just uh, mm. covering up the mirrors, made a plate of food, tried to wash his hands. Yeah, because like you say, and, that like, bludgeoned them more. You know, there was just yeah things that were left in a way that made it seem like they were just wandering around the house for a while after they had done. The horrible deed. Um, mm -hmm. So, kitchen, bowl of water. Next to that was... Oh. Uh, okay, so this is really weird. The killer had left the axe in the room, the guest room with the two girls. Next to the axe was a four-pound slab of bacon wrapped in towel. Four pounds? Yeah, That's like, like just a slab of meat just yeah. left. Like, I think Arlo weighs axe. about eight pounds. <laughs> it's like half a half the small dog I own. Yeah. Of bacon. So really weird. And then another slab of meat was also found in the icebox. What? What the heck? I'm just really was weird. He a butcher? Hmm. I don't know. Clues. Potential Why leave clues. it in the guest room? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Just a really weird spot to leave something like that. With Villisca being a very small town, word spread quickly. Neighbors, friends, and curious folks came to the Moore home hoping to see what had happened. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Th this is literally like the day after everyone heard about it. The doctor that I mentioned, F.S. Williams, he... There was like a crowd gathering and he said, if you go in there, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah, I'd have thought so. But also, it's like the still... creepiest crime scene ever. Right? Like, I know. Why would you- mirror mirrors covered up, like, creepsville. Yeah. Uh, 
but with minimal police and no organization in, to, in so far into the investigation, like this day later, people trampled through the house and some took oh. souvenirs of the murder Dude, scenes. no! <laughs> yeah, like allegedly one man took fragments of bone from Hosea's uh, bedroom. And Dude. another man, supposedly the town drunk, attempted to take pictures. Who's got a camera in 1912? <laughs> <laughs> uh, same people who has a fax. <laughs> Could fax it over to his pal, is he? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. So uh, it was rumored that the day after the murders were found, around 100 people walked through the home before the National Guard were brought in to create a perimeter around the house. Yeah. So people just trampled through. They all but destroyed evidence that investigators could have gathered because i'm thinking about like what what time this is in history right so Mm -hmm. it's 1912 so there's widespread railway everywhere yep that's that's something that i didn't mention Velisca was a major rail town it was a small town but Ah, like andover really oh good rail connections yeah there were i think i mentioned this later but there were about 30 train stops that went through that town every day so wow could have been fucking anyone well yeah that it could have been anyone and also anyone who did this could have just hopped on the next train and got away yeah and also i was thinking about jack the ripper was Mm. um Jack the Ripper was 1888, and they had photos, they had crime scene photos from 1888. That's true, yeah. this is 30 years later, kind of. So there is potentially, like, somebody could have uh, a handheld camera. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the Titanic was 1914, and Mm. we have tons of pictures from that. Yeah, shitloads, yeah, right. It it was, I think around 1900 was when people started getting their own cameras Mm. so yeah Yeah. uh so yeah that guy tried to take pictures he was kicked out the very few things that they did gather as evidence were some cigarette butts that the killer or killers had smoked that were left in the attic they also found that all the doors were locked before the brother had come with his spare key so it was thought that whoever committed the whoever committed the murders that night waited in the attic as the family settled in. <gasps> so they were Oh my god, there. that's terrifying. Yeah. Do you have an attic? <laughs> Not trying to shit I you think, off or anything. <laughs> I know no, this is I was doing research uh the other night and I was thinking like cuz we do have this little like crawl space up above and I kept thinking of those horror stories of isn't there that people that live in your attic and you don't know yeah yes yeah it's an episode of criminal by by phoebe judge (laughs) (laughs) it's so creepy it's so there there is footage of a girl who was hiding in like a crawl space oh my god that makes me want to vomit (laughs) yeah she would just sneak sneak out take some food and then crawl (laughs) back into the crawl space look it up but the only thing that gives me comfort in (laughs) the only thing that gives me comfort in my home is that when you walk around or if you move the house is old so it's just so creaky so any if anyone was like up in the crawl they're listening to me say this right now shut up (laughs) 
if anyone was up there, I would hear. We would hear them. So that's and the you got only a dog. thing that exactly. This is why be, you get a dog, people. Yes, this is why you get to any animal. Yeah. An animal will alert you of someone in your attic sleeping really there will. and stealing yeah. your food. <laughs> like I got, I got convinced that there was a rat, like in my guitar or my radiator or like just in that corner of the room. Yeah, because like I woke up and in the middle of the night and I just heard tap 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 like really like inconsistent. Like it wasn't, and it kind of sounded like a mouse or a rat like gnawing on something. Oh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, why is this happening? Yeah. Fuck this. And like, you know when you're like, am I going mad or is it just 2 a.m.? Like, yeah. I don't know the difference. <laughs> and um, then Arlo came in the room with me and he, I woke up and he woke up and he like looked in the corner mm. and was like sniffing around. Maybe it's in the walls or maybe it's outside. But like, I've looked in my guitar. I don't think there's anything in there. But yeah, Arlo was like definitely looking in that corner and it, it made me feel so good because I was like, I'm not going mad. Yeah, like there is something there. Like he's properly interested in that corner. Yeah, like I'm not really, I'm not really afraid of like a rat or a mouse. I just didn't want to be going insane. I am. (laughs) I that's (laughs) are you? I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about mice or rats. Such a phobia of mice and rats. I would prefer someone was in my attic than a rat because at least oh, as in my attic, (laughs) I could say, "Can you please leave?" I can't say that to a rat. You could say it with poison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is pretty gruesome. So yeah. Also, Some light rat relief. <laughs> yeah. Some rat humor. So yeah. So they think that the person was hiding in their attic, smoking cigarettes that, while they were settling in. Honestly makes me feel fucking sick. The yeah. The thought of that. It's terrifying. And it, with kids and your family and you think you're safe at home. <sighs> It's the stuff of horror movies. Um, also, this was 1912. So I know I mentioned that people trampled through the house, but a lot of the research that I was reading was saying that it was 1912. So any a- evidence that they did gather, it wouldn't have really made a difference in this case because... They didn't have fingerprints, did they? They didn't have fingerprints. They didn't really have DNA. They... No. It would be like if right. somebody smokes that brand of cigarette, that's the only thing you could link it with. Right, yeah. And I'm sure loads of people smoke the same brand of cigarette. So exactly. In 1912, not that helpful. When, when doctors were telling you to smoke for your health, yeah. everyone smoked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so even with all, you know, people trampling through and the little evidence that they gathered, there was just, there was no witnesses. There was no, you know, there were transient people coming in and out of the town every day so it was extremely hard even if they had a secure crime scene that they any evidence you know those cigarette butts what were they going to do with them other than indicating that the person was hiding in the attic that was it they couldn't get dna or anything so uh, with very little with very little evidence, the police looked at any and all transients and visitors in the area around that time. They questioned a small amount of people, but nothing solid came up. There are several suspects that were named, and some even went as far as attempting to prosecute. So here are the suspects. Okay. The most obvious was Frank Fernando Jones, 
who was a Villisca resident and an Iowa state senator. Hosiah Moore had oh. worked for Frank Jones, becoming their star salesman of Jones's farm equipment business before Moore left to open his own store. Moore reportedly took business away from Jones, including a very successful John Deere dealership. Moore was rumored to have had an affair with Jones's daughter-in-law, and although no evidence supports this, she was this woman was having fun around town and she was not discreet about it at all. So if she was having affairs, people knew about it. You go, girl. One of the, yeah. Some nineteen twelve slutting it up. <laughs> yep. Which can't have been easy. Uh, no, and one of the things that they said was, and I listened to the Things You Should Know podcast, and they, they did this story, but they said that- Oh my god, I love that podcast. Yeah, it's pretty good, but they said how, you know, back in those days, that when you made a phone call, they it would go through to a, an, operator. an operator, and they would yeah. have to, like, patch you in. So, yeah. this woman- They know your business. Yeah. <laughs> This woman would make her salacious phone calls on men, and the operators just knew about it. They like she just didn't. Care. They must have some great gossip at the operator oh my office. Gosh. Yes, brilliant. Uh, so even though there was no evidence that Hosea Moore was having an affair with her, it was heavily rumored that they were. Mm. And Frank well. Jones, the employer, just really did not like this who was no. her father-in-law. Fucking um, over your son. Yeah. Quite literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so whether the, the affairs were true or not, business between Hosiah and Frank Jones had grown so cold that they would cross the street to avoid each other. And everyone in town Ooh. knew this. Yeah. Yeah. So. A bit extreme though. Very, to go from. It was very obvious. You're fucking my daughter too. I'm going to kill your entire family with a, by beating them to death with an axe. Like it's a bit of a jump. Well, he sounds like a very, well, he was a senator, first of all, and he was a businessman. Apparently, when this murder happened, they immediately, like, the third person that they called was the owner of John Deere because that that was, like, the main business in town. So, yeah. when Hosea Moore, who was the main dealership of John Deere, when he died, then that was the third person they called and Frank Jones, like, knew about it. So... Mm. However, while Jones was questioned by police, theories that Frank committed the murders were soon squashed, as he was 57 years old at the time of the murders, and he was not the healthiest, so to have committed crimes that required a large amount of energy and work, just mm -hmm. it just wasn't plausible. He was also f five foot two, and... What? <laughs> Tiny <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> and... I guess I'm sure some of the kids were probably taller than him. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> Farm kids. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, uh, one of the evidence from the crime scene was that there were like rivets in the ceiling from the axe. So oh, it, so the height the of the person, person had swinging it. Yeah. Yeah. And just the force of it. It yeah. just, it was just like a 57-year-old unhealthy man could not have done this. He was kind of ruled out. He was never formally charged with involvement in the murders, but locals theorized that he used his considerable political influence to have the case against him shut down. So there was that too. Mm. And it just completely ruined his political career, which... Oh. Boo-hoo. 
I mean, what were you in it for? You weren't in it to help fucking little duck babies and yeah, <laughs> the poor. You were you were in it to, for your own gains, I'm sure. <laughs> um, there's also a rumor that he hired someone to do this, uh, which was that a would make more, more sense. Yeah, a little bit more plausible, but. The person that they thought that he hired was William Mansfield, who was convicted of axe murdering his family. But (laughs) yeah, immediately you'd be like, okay, it was him. But he had a really strong alibi. He was working like 200 miles away. So that was quickly squashed as well. Mm, Okay. I just, that just seems perfect. So. It really does, and that, and pe- yeah. I think police wanted that to be it, but it wasn't. Yeah. He had like pay stubs. He had like people saying, "Yeah, he was here. He was at work." Okay. So he just fine wasn't a part of it. I guess we just have to accept it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the other suspect or theory was that so what was happening in the U.S. at that time between 1911 and 1912, especially in the Midwest, there were as many as 10 incidents of serial axe murders that occurred uh, around that time, especially near train stations. So Villisca Uh. was a known train town uh, with up to 30 trains stopping in the town every day. So in each case of those axe murders it, within that year, either whole families or couples were taken out with axes, and including wow. one murder of a couple only a week before the Moors were killed. There could have been Random a serial trade axe guy. Yeah, just floating around 1912. I'd love to ride that rail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then this last suspect, Reverend George Kelly. Kelly no, was not the a, reverend. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly was tra- he was a traveling minister who was in Villisca the night of the murders and also had allegedly attended the Children's Day event. On the morning in question, he hopped on a train at 5 a.m. in Villisca station a few hours before the bodies were discovered. He told someone on the train that eight souls had been lost in Villisca, butchered in their beds. This was before Uh, anyone knew anything. Wow, okay. Two weeks later, he returned to Villisca posing as a detective and toured the the crime scene along with other investigators. Just a really weird guy, which we'll talk about in a second. But he also, he just kind of became obsessed with it. And he wrote to the detectives that were involved, the police that were involved, and the victim's family members, the two little girls. He wrote to her parents, their parents. Well, that's uh, inserting yourself into the investigation. That's on the bingo card. Just creepy. Creepy guy. Creepy as fuck. In his work as a traveling minister, he was known to be odd. He was a known sexual deviant and well-documented. please. He had well-documented mental issues. Uh, He was caught being a peeping Tom in Villisca that week. Well, like that can only escalate to bad things. Uh, And he was also convicted a couple of years before that for writing obscene letters. He... He wrote, he put an ad in the paper looking for a stenographer, a female stenographer, like a typist. Yeah. And when this woman applied, he wrote to her and he said, okay, great. I want you to do it in the nude for me. And uh, she was like, what the 
hell. <laughs> like, I was just applying for a job. Oh, God. So just creepy guy. He got arrested. He got in trouble for that. Good. So, yeah, all of this. You did are not, not a man of the cloth. No, no. <laughs> just using that as a, a front. Definitely. Pretty much. Where did you get your qualifications? <laughs> just made him up. Just literally put a dog collar on and went, yep, priest now. (laughs) Probably. All of this did not add up for investigators. And in 1917, so five years later, Kelly was arrested for the Velisca murders. Ooh. Um, Police were able to get a signed written confession from him. However, they discovered that he was kind of crazy. Like he... Yeah. When he said that thing to the person on the train, supposedly about how eight souls were lost. He was just known to have rambling, crazy conversations that just didn't make sense to people. The uh, written confession that the police got from him, that was followed by many hours of interrogation, and Kelly later recanted his his written confession. Hmm. So after two separate trials, he was acquitted. Oh, so actually went to trial. I mean, what evidence they got? You're a fucking weirdo. Yeah. You were there. You were there. Like, yeah. There were also people collecting someone. bits of skull. So, uh, I mean, right? where do we draw the line at weird? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So, to this day, the case has never been solved. Uh, no one has ever been convicted for the murders of the Moore family. You can still go to the house and tour it. Wow. It's like, uh, um, it's probably the only thing in Velisca that you can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where is it? Been... Where's Velisca again? Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. That's like right below Minnesota. Cool. There was also that Slipknot album, wasn't there, that was called Iowa? <laughs> if was I it? recall. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so I always think of Iowa as kind of creepy. It is a little bit. It's just very uh, like farmland. Um, I'm just waiting for this plane. Okay, who cares? It has been more than 100 <laughs> years, and Velisca officials do not believe the case will ever be solved. And that is the story of the Velisca axe murders. Wow. The person that did that must have been a mess. Like, a maniac. Well, I mean, no, I mean, like, literally. I mean, like, their clothes oh, would have yeah. been covered in fucking brain matter. Like, That's they would true. have walked. What the fuck did they do? They must have bought a change of clothes. Because otherwise you would have seen them covered in blood and shit. That kind of lends to that weirdo guy, uh, the reverend, probably didn't do it. Because they say that the murders happen between midnight and 5 a.m. Like, if you just hopped on a train and you're having these crazy conversations, somebody's gonna notice if you have blood on you. Like, you would Yeah, your whole face, like your hair and your face would be covered. (laughs) Have you seen American Psycho? Yeah, like, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Messy as fuck. Yeah, the, whoever did this would that. have been would have been yeah. And that's one of the things I say about um, Jack the Ripper as well. They're like, if he was on the streets of Whitechapel, there's like a theory mm. that he was like a butcher or something, oh. or he had like a butcher's apron on. So if he had have killed anybody like as brutally as he did and got blood yeah. on him, no one would have really noticed because he would have been a in a butcher's uniform. Oh. Yeah, and like the way he dissected people was like the way someone would dissect meat and stuff. So they were like, he might have been a butcher. 
Well, you're that makes a really good point because there's that weird slab of meat just next yes. to the Yes. Oh my god, I've nailed it. I've actually you, blown you this have. case wide open. Have we <laughs> Have we blown this case wide open and now we're gonna I solve we it? And okay. Yeah. I, I I am seriously gonna look at Velisca and like where the butcher was located and if yeah. anyone lo- noticed that. Yeah. At all the at the time. I'm telling you now. You heard it here first. <laughs> Oh, right, mate. We've been on for ages. I've yeah, got to go. Been, yeah. <laughs> I have to go now and get my haircut today. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, a great time. Yeah. So thanks for listening this week. And yeah. thanks to our Patreon followers. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next Love week. Love you all when dearly. It's my birthday. So you guys better <gasps> yes, it is. birthday wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Wish hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. All All right. right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Transatlantic Crime this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Transat Crime Pod, Instagram at Transatlantic Crime, and on Facebook with Transatlantic Crime Podcast. Thanks. Bye.